Amen. At this time, we just want to welcome Doyle to come and minister to us and uh, just share the Lord, uh, what is laid on his heart. He ministers with music, and he also can talk. Isn't that amazing? And he also ministers well in his gift. So, Doyle, brother, just we turn it over to you, man, and just bless us with what the Lord has for us. Amen. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you so much. It's really good to be here in Charlevoix with you today. I've had a really wonderful weekend. And, uh, boy, it's like I told him last night, I don't feel sorry for you guys at all, living in such a wonderful place. Somebody's mad. Maybe I'll pick up happy. What's you mad about? How about this one? Won't you ride in my little red wagon? I'd love to pull you down the street. And I bet all the kids would be jealous when they see their playmate so sweet. Hold tight till we come to the hilltop. Gonna coast down the hill, you and me. Won't you ride in my little red wagon? Cause you are my sweetheart to be. Hold tight till we come to the hilltop. Gonna coast down the hill, you and me Won't you ride in my little red wagon Cause you are my sweetheart You are my sweetheart You are my sweetheart to be I want gummies <laughs> I just recorded that I just recorded that with my grandkids, and one of them's at the end while I was doing that, that pretty ending. And one of them goes, yeah. And the other one says, I want gummies. So <laughs> it doesn't sound right if I don't say, I don't want gummies. Because we promised him gummy bears if he'd sing. <laughs> as soon as it was over, I want gummies.
with my
You just have to be careful. You don't. You don't want to do that. I was playing on national TV one time. I did that lick, and I was praying, "Don't let me do that." I didn't. I nailed it. Thank <laughs> God. I wrote that one time I was about to go to bed and I saw this little guitar sitting there and I was already tired. I thought, oh, I was going to play. I hadn't played that guitar in a while. And I picked it up and wrote that song before I went to bed. And uh, just kind of was, was supposed to be written. And I, it sounds kind of like shortening bread or something, but uh, anyway. And I call it In Appalachia because we live in, in right there at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains in that region of the United States. It's pretty there too, but we don't have water like you do and beautiful. It's amazing. But everywhere have it has this beauty, doesn't it? In the desert, no matter where you are. A lot of places that people go, oh, I don't like the desert. I, I don't think it's beautiful. You can find beauty in anything. And, uh, I was uh, looking around here and some of the, the lighthouses and I was on my way to, I used to pastor a little church down in Florida, and I left my place, it's a 45-minute drive to my parents, and I kept thinking about this little story in, in my head, and I didn't know what it was or who the guy was, but uh, by the time I pulled into their driveway, I knew uh, I had written a song. Every day he cleans the lighthouse, he polishes the lens, he's learned all the instructions to make his beacon shine again. Every day his light will shine. Perhaps through troubled winds And if a storm is raging He'll guide another in For many generations His family served it well He's never asked a thing in return. He's just glad that he can help another soul that's gone astray. Perhaps this is his day. He'll shine his light from the harbor. Get another say He's a man in the lighthouse His job may not seem great 
no one will ever know the difference that he's made to the souls out in the harbor without him they would have died the man in the lighthouse who is he you and I that's it the man in the lighthouse oh is you I know that's grammatically incorrect. It's supposed to be you and me, but we don't care. <laughs> it rhymed. And we are. We are lights. And uh, when I saw uh, Chris's uh, decorations up here, and it reminded me, maybe I'll do the lighthouse song. There you are. In the Cherokee Hills, just in the area, just of the foothills of North Georgia, just outside of Georgia, inside the line of Tennessee, because that's where they had to go back in the uh, mid-1800s. The last council grounds for the Trail of Tears was held outside my hometown, a little place called Red Clay.
Well, thank you. <clears throat> the trail of tears was a mighty long ways. And uh, of course, a lot of them died off during that time. And I think that was the idea for some of the politicians that that happened. It was, uh, uh, you know, we got a, a lot going on in our country right now, but there's always stuff going on. It was back then. And it was all fighting over gold. And a lot of those people had turned to Christianity. There were a lot of the Cherokee that were farm owners and landowners in Georgia and Tennessee, and they were driven out. Now, I played in uh, Oklahoma not too long ago, and I, I crossed over Texas into Oklahoma. <laughs> they said, the world's largest casino. <laughs> I'm going, they got it back. <laughs> I couldn't help but think that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, our country goes through things sometimes, and I talked about yesterday. I was in the backyard with my... Well, I'm doing a lot of slow stuff today. I was in the backyard with my grandson, and my son came out and my wife, and I was working out in the backyard, and, and uh, my son got a text from a friend and said, Dad, there's a lockdown at, at my school. He uh, goes to... Um, still taking summer courses at the university, and they closed down Lee, and uh, they closed down the malls, and uh, there was uh, uh, you know, anyone that was anywhere near a recruiting center was was uh, made to be put face down on the ground in the parking the parking lots inside the mall, wherever they were. In our country today, this was well. What if yesterday it was last week? Now it's week before last, and uh, because the shooting took place. <clears throat> right there close to our airport and where I fly, where I flew out of here to come here yesterday. And, uh, and uh, of course, those five servicemen lost their lives. And uh, our country, things have changed, folks, and it's, it's different than it ever was. We knew it was when 9-11 when came. And, and I wrote this song, and it just seems to continue on as a memoriam to people and to remember, uh, to thank God for our freedom. You know, but we need a wake-up call in this country. Our leaders need a wake-up call. And I'm not a politician, I'm a guitar player, don't worry. But, um, but we need to really pray for our leaders, and I do, every day. And I pray for our military every day. I don't just get up and try to get a hand because I play a, a, a gospel song or because I get up and play a patriotic song and wave a flag. And one of my friends told me, he said, it makes me sick when people get up and do things like that. But then they thought about who they were talking to, because every time I get up, usually I'll play something patriotic, you know. Of course, I always play something for the Lord, no matter where I am. And, uh, but I said, you know what, I've been doing that since I was a teenager. I, I play patriotic stuff all the time. I honor our troops and pray for them every single day. In my, no matter where, in my backyard walking or in the neighborhood, wherever I'm praying and talking to the Lord, I remember them. This is a call to freedom.
called to freedom. Uh, you know, it's amazing the guitar has um, through the years has taken me so many places. I uh, I started playing guitar when I got when I got saved, and uh, I said this yesterday too. And I, I became a Christian, uh, really born again. Holy, I mean, the Holy Spirit absolutely put a confirmation in my spirit. I knew in my knower for the first time that I was saved. And growing up in church, I always said, every night I go to bed, Lord, save me, save me. I never felt like I was, you know. But I knew that day something happened. And I accepted Christ. And uh, I, I saw these people. And uh, my wife and son and I went to a, a, a restaurant there in, in Cleveland, Tennessee, where I live. And, and these people came over and, and, uh, uh, and talked to me. And, and they knew who I was. And, and they said... Uh, uh, Irene Baxter was my wife's aunt. Irene Baxter was the lady evangelist that came to our church. Back then, lady evangelists weren't accepted as well as they are today. But her husband would let her preach once in a while, and, and everybody loved her preaching. And uh, he died, and so she took his book and filled out his dates and went on and kept preaching. And then she got more and more popular, and she became way more popular than he ever was. And uh, she came to our church, and 52 young people were, were saved and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. I was one of those. My brother was one of those. And uh, it, it just happened. I was on the front row, and I raised my hands to the Lord. Nobody told me to, but I said, Lord, give me a job to do, and I'll always tell people about you. And, I, and I, I'm, still, I'm 61 now, and the last month it was 50 years that I made that commitment. And so uh, he, I, don't, I don't mean he just hit me in the head and said, you're going to be a guitar player. Like, wow, I could have had a V8. <laughs> you know, it wasn't one of those kind of things. I, I didn't walk out in the parking lot and see camels between the cars <laughs> or look on the roof and the angels were singing, you're going to be a guitar player. You know, it was just, you know, you think of silly things like that. And how does God speak to us? Well, he just does. Again, you kind of know and you know her. That's what I'm supposed to do. Nobody ever told me you're going to be a guitar player. You're going to travel all over the world. You're going to do this. I've had confirmations that way, but I never set out to do that. But the Lord has always opened doors that way. I, uh, I played at a, uh, an event for Grandpa Jones a few months ago um, in uh, uh, Henderson, outside of Henderson, Kentucky, where he was born, a little town called Niagara, and a little old place. And... Uh, in fact, three weeks before that, I was inducted in Muhlenberg County where fingerstyle guitar started with Merle Travis and Ike Everly, the Everly Brothers' dad. The Everly Brothers were from there. Of course, that, they influenced the Beatles big time and a lot of other great groups. But uh, so much came from just a few counties. Over from there was built where Bill Monroe was from, the father of bluegrass. So much music came out of that one little area there in Kentucky. And uh, I was inducted into the National Thumb Pickers Hall of Fame with, with Merle Travis and Chet Atkins. And uh, isn't that something? So uh, my mind went back, and I thanked them, and I thanked the Lord. I said, when I was 11 years old, and I told them the story I just told you, I said, give me a job, and I'll tell people about you. And that's where it came from. Also, Barry the Sailor, who lives here in Michigan, 
who came to my house and taught me a few things on the guitar. He was the first guy I called when I got in my car, when I had that trophy. And, and I said, Barry, hadn't been for you coming to my house and teaching me a few things on the guitar and the right way to play fingerstyle guitar, I wouldn't be here right now. And, uh, and I was, he really wanted to be here to, this morning, too, at church, but he wasn't able to be here. He had to work this weekend. But um, I, I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for where that came from, you know. And uh, it, I always ask the Lord, God, give me the right song. And I found an old song that he, uh, that he learned to play, the first song Grandpa Jones ever learned. I traveled with him several years. His father was a sharecropper. They decided to do timber one year. They set up a makeshift a little, little sawmill, and the man that had the sawmill on it had two sons, and they played the guitar. So they went and asked Grandpa if they keep, could keep their guitars in the house out of the weather. He said, if you'll show me how to play something. On that very place where they erected his sign, First song you learn to play. That's where I'm longing to be. I know there's a gal that's waiting with a red rose that grows by the door. Dear old Kentucky, I know I am lucky to be returning once more. how to do things, doesn't he? And his family said, how in the world did you find that song? I said, it was on the album that I recorded with y'all that you probably never listened to. But it was on that record. And the thing is, you know, when you pray and ask the Lord to help me to be a blessing and a witness, you know, when I play guitar, I don't just think guitar. My brother said to me one time, he's a piano player, a really good one. His name was Aubrey. <laughs> and we have another Aubrey here. <laughs> but Aubrey uh, is a really fine piano player, and he, and he wanted to branch out. He, he pastored in the Assemblies of God Church. 
for years as Morville Mission Church that he taught school, and he still teaches school in Jacksonville, Florida, but he wanted to branch out, so the, the Navy hired him to play at their chapel services at Mayport. And he has to have a special, he said, man, I go in there sometimes when I have all these threats, there's machine guns all over me, but, you know, I'll show him, piano player. <laughs> they let him in. But the fun thing about it is he didn't realize he's going to have to learn how to play Catholic stuff because they have a Catholic chapel. And that like drove him crazy, and it still does. And, uh, and he says, you got to play here. No, don't play. No, don't play now. And the, they'll sing, and then the priest will sing. And, uh, and he looked at Aubrey like, I'm going to kill that boy. And I said, Aubrey, and I got so tickled. He said, I wanted to crawl under the organ stool in the fetal position. You know, I said, no. I said, that guy's going to say very soon, Aubrey, that God sent you here. And it was only a few weeks later. He says, you know, Aubrey, I believe God sent you to us. You know, and so it's sometimes you stretch out and you do things. Aubrey's 63 now. And so we stretch out and do things that we perhaps we don't do. But he said to me one time, he says, how can you go out in front of all those people with only six strings at any given time? You only have six notes. And I said, well, aren't you special? What do you have? He said, I have 88. And he says, I could make them ring and put a sustain pedal on them and play as many as I want to. But you only have six. So you better pray nothing happens with one of those. Right here in front of all those people. I said, well, you only have one of these. What is that, middle C? You only have one of those. But I have another one. And another one. And another one. And another one I rarely use, but it's there. And he goes, wow. I never thought of it like that. They're just different, aren't they? I said, yeah. Let's go eat. Kind of one of those things, you know. It's about that time here, too. But the, the thing is, is you, can't, you can't put God in a box or even your music in a box. I, I wrote a song. I played it yesterday called Jazz in a Box. You know? It, it, you know, it's one of my more popular songs because I do things you're not supposed to do on these things, like string bends and things. When I was playing what I did a while ago, yeah, the, the, I wrote a song with two notes. You heard me play it. That's all I had. And I was at a hotel that sounded like a, a, uh, like a sort of European distress signal, but a, nonetheless a distress signal. And it was right after 9-11. And my kids even said, Daddy, you write a song for 9-11? And then I'd say, no, I don't, I don't know, you know, and, and because it made me nervous. I'm not worthy to do that, but I just kept thinking about it. I only had two notes, and then I just put other notes with it. Kept those same two notes. And the whole story, and, you know, there was a man in the Twin Towers that got out. He got away. And he moved down to uh, Florida. He still worked in, in uh, security, national security. And he came to a Church of God church, Pentecostal church where I was. And he walked up to me and he said, you brought all that stuff back. But he said, the way you made it at the end, it, it sounded victorious to me. And he said, I know our nation has bounced back. And he said, I don't know why I'm still here. And he just wept. He just started crying. And I just prayed with him right there. You know, in, in the middle of it, it changes from... This.
Amen. I'm not thinking, I'm a guitar player, I'm just trying to play a song. If you do, you'll be. You know, don't, you can't limit yourself to what you do for the Lord in anything. I'm just one person. What can I do? Forget about the guitar for a moment. Who am I? you got to think bigger than you are. We're talking about asking God to be a part. When I go out and play, you know what I, I quote to myself all the time? comes out of the guitar Bible. We talked about it yesterday, the Amplified. I know. <laughs> I got plenty of corny jokes. So anyway, um, and it says, I have strength for all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am ready for anything, and I am equal to anything. Ready for anything, equal to anything. In him who infuses inner strength into me. My daughter's an anesthetist nurse. She said, Dad, that's a medical term, infusion. She said, I love that. God infuses strength, his strength into us. Infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You know, we all go through things in life, you know, and, there, and there's a time that we need to call on a big God. I have to make, when I play, sometimes I play with an orchestra. I played that song with an orchestra, recorded with an orchestra. And, uh, but, the one, but when I go out by myself, I don't worry that I don't have the orchestra because I just get out and I have an orchestra. And I play as unto him. I play to him and he ministers to the people. That's the way you do it. I don't play to you I play, and I don't mind you sitting there at all. But I honestly, when I play, now there's some things I'll have fun with you, but you know when I'm playing a song like that or how great that art, I'm actually playing in my mind and my spirit. And what are you thinking? I'm playing before the throne room of God. I'm playing to him. I'm not trying to sound religious. An old man told me that in my church. Play to him. Minister to him. He'll minister to the people. He said, well, there are four people or 40,000. He told me that, and I was shuffling my feet in the sand at our dirt parking lot at a little church I pastored. And he grabbed me by the arm. He said, you will be playing before thousands again. And I looked at him. He said, play to him, minister to him, and he'll minister to the people. It wasn't long. I was before 40,000 people with Greg Laurie at a big harvest crusade. See, God knows what happens. He brought that right back to my spirit. He brought it back to my mind. God is in control. Don't limit yourself to thinking, I'm just this or I'm just that. No, you're not just it. You're a child of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you ever really listen to that verse? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. I am equal to anything. In, who, in him who infuses inner strength into me, I am self-sufficient, Christ-sufficiency. Don't, hey, don't worry. You've been praying about, well, I, I just can't go in and ask for a raise. I can't do this or I can't step out in faith. Well, maybe you can. You know, maybe the timing wasn't right before. or Maybe you just need to hear this, that yes, you can do that. Because you have someone in there that's bigger than you are. God, the music that comes out of here is bigger than my guitar. I know it is. You know why? Because I know what I can do on a guitar. But I also know when the anointing of the Holy Spirit breathes on something, puts life into something, and it changes it. It can change this, the, the tip. It can change the whole atmosphere of a room. 
And I see him do it time and time again. And I'm amazed at that because I don't do that. I was playing uh, at a NAM show, and there was a very popular rock group. They were a punk rock group. I can't even remember who they were now, to be honest with you. I'm 61. I'm old, okay? And so, but anyway, those are popular guys, and they're all signing autographs, you know. And here's this gray-headed guy playing a guitar. And I decided, well, oh, those cool-looking dudes. I'm going to do the U2 badly. But then when I got to the end and I started playing Amazing Grace and I started playing some of those old hymns at the end like I did yesterday, it just got a hold of this guy that was awarded a signature bass with Fender. And all of a sudden he just stood there and just began to weep. And he didn't know why. And they walked up to me later on, those old guys said, here, you made our bass player cry. <laughs> They're all tatted up and cool and hair. And, and I said, no, I didn't. And the guy looked and said, I never felt anything like that. He said, especially on the end, are you doing some of that, whatever that music was, I don't know what that was, but it reached me inside, and he started to cry again. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Only God can do that. You know, and just thank the Lord for his joy. It's not all just push, push, push. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. The joy of the Lord is our strength that helps us to push, push, push. The joy of the Lord, don't forget that. I have the sweetest little grandbaby, and I, I got a lot of grandbabies. I have four others, and I love every one of them equally. I really do. I love them all. But this new one of Haley's is the sweetest little thing, and I, and I, I was telling Mike and Chrissy, she's like a little football with eyeballs. She's just a little old thing, and she looks up at you, and she just grins. And I thought, how can you do that? And she was in the hospital the other day, and, and she's got some problems that she'll thank the Lord she's going to grow out of. We're believing God for that. But either her or Haley's been in the hospital since she had that baby uh, nine, over nine weeks ago. Jake, the guy that was here last year, her, his wife, Haley, that sang with me, girl that sang with me. And, and they had Emmy Lou, and she's been in and out. She was in Vanderbilt. When I was on the Grand Ole Opry, I'd go back and forth. She was in the hospital. And I picked her up and looked at her. She looked at me like, hey, Poppy. And she put her hand up, and I put my hand close to her face, and she just touched my hand, and she just kind of gave me this little twinkle, looking like, and then just smiled. And I'm telling you, it just touched her. And they, the nurses said, we've had the hardest time with her. I said, why is it? Well, we keep having it. They were trying to stick an IV in her, stuck her six times, they couldn't get it. And she whimpered for a little bit, and then she'd smile at her. He said, she made it so hard on us, we didn't want to stick her anymore. They finally put it in her forehead. It was pitiful to see that, but they got it. And thank the Lord she is healed in the name of Jesus. And I told my mama, I said, Mama, she said, well, how's Emily Lou doing? I said, that baby. I said, I'm telling you, she has the joy of the Lord. You don't learn what she has. She has such joy. Everybody knew her at the hospital. We know Emmy Lou. And, and she has such a, a peace and a joy in her heart. And I said, you know, if the, the joy of the Lord is our strength, that doesn't just go for grown-ups. That goes for a little baby. It's only, she was only seven weeks old then. It's been a couple of weeks ago. That goes for everybody. The joy of the Lord, the Lord's joy is our strength. It's going to bring healing. And Haley had a, a big, uh, they called it a lime-sized nodule in her throat. She's a singer. If you go online, look for In the Bleak Midwinter. She sings it on my Christmas record. In the bleak midwinter, and the day before we went in to record that in Nashville, and it's still online on LR Bags, put, put Doyle Dykes and Haley Dykes, 
uh, in the bleak midwinter, and you'll hear her singing. She just found out that because they, they were doing a biopsy, they didn't think it was cancer, but they would not operate until after the baby was born. So after the baby was born, they operated, and then she did have cancer. And we got her home, and then she had this incredible attack that they were not expecting, and we could have lost her right there in Cleveland the other day. People go through things. I go through things. And our life's been like this for weeks, you know. But let me tell you something. There's also still a peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding that's on the inside of me because I know it's in hands bigger than mine. When I come out and I play, and like I said, whether it's at the, the Grand Ole Opry, one week I was on the Grand Ole Opry, the next week I was with Kenneth Coble at the Believers Convention playing with Phil Driscoll. The next week I was playing, honoring Fred Gretsch who started Gretsch Guitars. It's his 50th year in the music business. At, at all things, they held it at the Chet Atkins Appreciation Society Convention with 1,400 guitar players. You don't think some, yeah. So you'd ever get nervous? I mean, you know, but the thing is, with, you just turn all over that over to the Lord, and you know that you didn't ask to be there, you were asked to be there. And when I raised my hands to him and I told that story right in front of Mr. Gretsch, I said, you and I share an anniversary. And I honored him as 50 years in the music business, started in Brooklyn, New York, took over the family business, worked there for years, single-handedly bought Gretsch back years later with he and his wife. An amazing man with an amazing story. But then I looked at him and I said, Fred, you and I also share that anniversary 50 years ago. I looked at him and said it just like this. I got saved. I said, Jesus came into my heart. People say, well, how can you say that? And it must be hard to talk about the Lord in a secular situation. You got your grandbaby in hospital. You got your daughter that thanked the Lord they just got all the cancer, said she'll never have that again. You know, I've been through things myself. How can you not honor him for his goodness to us? No matter where you, we don't have to have a, a phone book size Bible under our arms to let people know that we're a Christian. Just talk about him and thank the Lord. We don't have to say, well, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I used to do that all the time. I didn't even know it. I said, hallelujah. Amen. I'm about every other word. And I was working with Taylor Guitars doing clinics. A friend of mine said, you shouldn't talk like that. Like, no, they don't understand. You know, amen. And you're like, this, this is a 6'10". Hallelujah. This is a wonderful guitar. Praise God. They knew what they were doing when they built this guitar. <laughs> These are musicians. They don't understand what you're saying. You got to quit talking like that. You've been around church too much. I said, well, man. Really? I really do that? I didn't know it. I said, yeah, listen to you. And I listened back. I said, oh, my Lord, you're going to fire me from doing this thing. I got one more story. Years ago, I met a, a guy when I played uh, Jazz in the Box, a little song I, I played yesterday. And, uh, he wrote uh, an article on me in a magazine. He was an editor of the magazine. And, uh, and, and he wrote and gave me the very first, 
I guess, uh, I, whatever it was on my album, what do you call when they critique your album or when they talk about your album? Yes, and uh, we got to be friends, and I asked him to help me write a book, and uh, and he he will take all my arrangements and everything I do and write it down in tablature and music, and he's so fast. He lives in New York City, just above New York City, and uh, I was in Austin, Texas, and I was going to have uh, lunch with Eric Johnson, a great guitar player, I'm sure Scott knows, and uh, I was getting ready, and uh, let me back up a little bit. Before I left on that trip, I was looking for something the Booth brothers had asked me to learn, and and I was looking for a, something from them, and I saw a little DVD that says Doyle's Safari Trip. And I'm thinking, boy, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done, get in a Passat with two big old boys besides me, and right around in the, in the middle of this big game preserve that was not a zoo at all. And, uh, and that's we saw elephants. I mean, man, they look as tall as this building, and giraffes, and rhinos as, as close as I am to that amplifier over there. I thought those guys could turn on us and kill us. They could trample this little car. And saw a whole herd of elephants, and they were kind of walking parallel to us. I said, man, this is crazy, guys. What are we doing out here? And I was working in South Africa a number of years ago, and I had a South Africa shirt I got there, and I happened to see it in my closet. I said, I'm going to take that. And I didn't put it on. I kept thinking, I'm going to wear it. No, I'm not going to wear it. And that particular day, I got a, a message from a friend of mine, and, uh, and he said, Doyle, I, I really need to, for you to call me. And uh, I just have some tragic news. And I, and I texted him right back. I said, I'm, I'm checking out of this hotel. I'll call you in a couple of minutes, and, uh, and I did. And, and he said, Doyle, my daughter went to South Africa. She was working on a, on a movie or a show called Game of Thrones. And she was one of their uh, top um, special effects technicians. And they were taking a break from shooting, so she went to South Africa to do volunteer work at the very park I had been at that I told you on that DVD. And uh, before she went, she had a Sunday afternoon. She, she got there on Sunday, and she, there was a lion park outside of Johannesburg, and she wanted to go over there, and, and she went, and she was just going to take some photos because she was a photographer and, uh, and a videographer. You know, uh, let me read something here. And this, is, uh, and this is also in the Amplified Bible, in uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. Be well balanced and temperate, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours. And uh, I, I don't want to play him up too much, but I'm not going to play him down. Satan is your adversary. He's my adversary. He doesn't like me very much. He's tried to wipe my life off the face of this earth a number of times. That enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. But then you've got to look at the next. I didn't say that to scare anybody, but look at the next verse withstand him. It would not say that. 
if you weren't able to do it. Resist him. Resist the devil and he will flee. Withstand him in the faith. Be against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. And then now listen to this next verse. And after you have suffered a little while. How long is a little while? My mom used to cook so good. I said, Mama, when's supper going to be running? In a little while, Doyle. And I'd be in there picking my guitar. You can look at me and tell me. It always, a little while always came. But I said, Mama, when's supper coming? I hear that. I could smell that country fried steak. And oh, my Lord. And uh, in a little while, Doyle. And boy, when a little while came. She, she delivered as promised, and it was always good. And God will, he, he will deliver as promised. And he says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and all favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, he called you. He called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself, not some televangelist or somebody, not even Pastor Mike. He will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. He will establish and he will ground you securely and he will strengthen and he will settle you. And some of you need that. Somebody needs that. You need to be settled in your heart. You need to know in your knower that you're saved for one thing. But you need to be established in him. Let him do that. Let him complete you and make you what he wants you to be. You fought it long enough. Give it over to him. He knows what's best for you. He's still the, he's still the potter. We're still the clay. And so my good friend John was, was talking to me. He said, Doyle, he says, I know you have daughters like me and you love them just like I love mine. And I'm going, oh, no. And he, and he told me about his, his daughter, Kate. And uh, she went to that animal park, and she was the girl back in May, I guess it was. She was the girl that went to the animal park. You probably heard it on CNN. And he told her not to roll her windows down, but she'd been around animals so much. And those lions, even the, uh, the people that when they did an, an interview later on, they went over and they showed pictures of the lions from inside the vehicles. And she had hired a driver. They look so docile, and they, they look friendly. They don't look like they're going to do anything. That's the way Satan is sometimes. You know, you don't think he's going to do, you don't think he's not that, it's not going to happen to me. You know, Satan is a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't always look like a roaring lion. He doesn't act that way. He is the deceiver. Deception is always a part of his approach. And that lion just kind of got up and looked at her. She rolled her window down and just that fast. He dove in and, and grabbed her and killed her. And that was my friend's daughter. And I'm not trying to plagiarize on that story at all. I'm just saying, why would he call me? I'm just a guitar player. You know, I'm not even all that educated. But I looked down at my shirt, and it said South Africa. And all of a sudden, when I looked at that, and something welled up on the inside of me, and I said, God has ordained me to pray for you today. He knew this was in the cards. He knew what, he knows what he's doing. 
And I pray a Holy Ghost prayer for that guy that day that only God could have helped me through to do that because he's a good friend of mine. Love this guy and his family. Good people. Let me tell you something. We need to be aware and, and that, uh, that Satan is out to destroy and he will do everything he can. But at the same time, I pray in the name of Jesus that before you leave here today that you will have the joy of the Lord as your strength. And maybe you're dabbling into something. You think, well, it's all right. I can do this for a while. I can do that. I mean, that's just exactly the way the devil works. He is a great deceiver. And so don't, don't be the one that all, all of a sudden you'll find that uh, destruction.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just bow your heads just for a moment. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to be here today. I thank you, Lord, for all that are here. And God, if you're dealing with someone today and, uh, and they put things on the back burner, knowing that you have spoken them to them about something and chosen them, and you ordained it through them, and, uh, and they have not surrendered that over to you, whether it's confidence or whatever, and they're looking at other little things and doing this, that, and well, you know, that's not going to happen to me, or that won't do this, and, uh, and uh, Lord, don't let them be deceived by a roaring lion. Don't let them be deceived by uh, the, the, the look of innocence and the things, and it just seems like, oh, it'll never happen, but God, but they'll go your way, and they'll choose your way. Whatever that means, Lord, I just thank you for driving it home today and let them surrender to you because your way is best and what you want for them will work and make them successful. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us today. Thank you, Lord, for being Lord of our lives. And if there's anyone here who, has, who hasn't really received Christ or you don't know, as I said before, every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a second, if, if you don't know in your heart that for sure that you're that you're really really saved i'm not asking you to raise your hand i got my eyes closed too but i just want you to say dear heavenly father can everybody say this out loud with me dear heavenly father thank you for allowing me to be here today thank you for the gift of life for what you've done for me in the past you've spared me and you've kept me for a time such as this. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Make me what you want me to be. Establish me. Strengthen me. Settle me. In Jesus' name, I give you myself because you gave me everything that you are. In Jesus' name, I am saved in Jesus name praise the Lord if you receive him as Lord of your life praise the Lord thank God for it your little while has come your little while has just arrived amen thanks pastor I'm over time amen well we got more than we bargained for amen You know, Doyle mentioned all the people that he has played for and the big audiences and the big crowds and the big names. But I'll tell you what, Jesus anointed him this morning with the power of the Holy Spirit to give us a message. Man, thank you, Doyle. You touched me, man. Thank you. Amen. We want to bless Doyle with an offering this morning. And uh, this was more than a performance. This is a man that is just a man that loves Jesus, and it just shows. Isn't this just amazing? You know, here's the deal. Some of us are afraid that when we become a Christian, we're going to become a nerd. We're going to be uncool, and we're going to be rejected. Well, let me tell you, you will be rejected. The world will reject you. You will not be the same. You will be different. You will go to the workplace tomorrow different. And the world is going to look at you and they're going to cross their eyes at you and they're going to say, what happened to you? 
but you're not a nerd. You can be cool and be a Christian. Do you know that? You can, be, you can stand in front of lots of people and be really the man that God looks or the woman that God looks and says, I'm proud of you. I'm, you're becoming what I'm making you to be. And that's so cool about being around Doyle. Just the last 20 hours we've shared together, I've spent time with him. And, you know, and here's a man that will spend, he gets up 4 o'clock in the morning, yesterday morning, to get a flight to come up here, spends today traveling from Grand Rapids, gets up here, he had to spend an hour in traffic to get up here, plays the concert last night, does the thing, comes, gets set up for the church here last night, goes down and watches the fireworks, then he takes his car back to his room to play. <laughs> like he needs more practice. But, you know, I don't think it's the practice that Doyle needs. I think the guitar ministers to Doyle through the power of the Holy Spirit into his life so that then he can minister to us. Amen? Weren't you blessed this morning with the guitar and the Holy Spirit coming through the strings? Even there were six of them. He never got to the 12 stringer. If he would have got to the 12 stringer, in fact, maybe he'll do that last. In fact, you owe us. What do you owe us? What did you promise the crowd yesterday? Freebird. Now, I know we, we've already had the altar call, and I know Freebird can come now because we're all saved and we can enjoy Freebird, right? Can you do that for us? All right, all right. Freebird is coming. As the ushers would come, we want to, let's just give Doyle. Everything that comes into this offering today is going to go to Doyle. So I appreciate you to dig deep for Doyle and bless him and thank him for coming to Charlevoix. And uh, as we take the offering, we're going to bring Doyle back one more time. And he's going to be the, if he can do the 12 string. Can you do it? Are you up to it, brother? Can you do it? He can do it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just praise you. We thank you. Lord, we praise you and thank you for ministering to us. And, Lord, we're going to have a little fun now. And we thank you, and we just pray, God, that you would bless this offering. Bless each person that has given, even sacrificially today. Bless it back to them, Father, in ways that they'll never know. But thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think I may mention last time that every time I go to my, my dad's grave, I look over... As close as I am to the back door there is Ronnie Van Zandt from Leonard Skinner was buried there and also Leon Wilkinson, the bass player, and I knew those guys. I grew up in Jacksonville. <laughs> 